Hey, this is Thomas with Believe in the Run. This is Robbie with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan with Believe in the Run. And you're listening to The Drop, which may or may not be a fictional account of running events. Mm -hmm. Do you say Thomas from Believe in the Run or with? Thomas. How's it roll? From, I think. I think I've been saying with. I say with. I'm from there. What did I just say? I don't know. You said with because I was paying attention. Hi, I'm Thomas. Uh, From. Let me see. Hi, I'm Thomas. With Believe in the Run? No, <laughs> no you say I from. I say from, yeah. yeah. I'm Thomas from Believe in the Run. You can imagine. I you may know, have seen me on other articles, <laughs> such as, <laughs> and whatnot. Oh, man. All right, sorry. So now that you know with that we're all from or with Believe in the Run, yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into some, I don't know if this episode is sponsored by Features, but I'm just going to throw it out there, save 10% on Feature Socks, Believe 10. Socks. Um, yeah. I think that's good enough. Yeah. I don't think this one is supposed to even be sponsored, but we that's love fine. It. We'll throw it out there. Yeah, put it in. We're not lying. We like the bonus. Socks, I know. So. I do. I have one right now. It's a bonus oh, not today. There's a pile on the table. They're all so. mine. Are all dirty. So usually I wear the merino ones. I wear those for like a week straight. Because Robbie loves goat fur. <laughs> Anyways, speaking of running for a week straight, have you taken any days off? Or you, you yeah, you roll in tracksmith style. No, no, I'm taking <laughs> I'm taking days off. Uh, I've found that it's better for me to take a day off every once in a while. Yeah. Let your body recover. I don't like, I don't like the no days off. I, I'm pretty sure there's science behind it. There is. Yeah. You need recovery. Yeah. But so I guess some people don't. Some people do those run streaks that are really long. After the, uh, little thing I had where it, with the coughing and the blood and all that stuff, just that stuff, just an update on that. I uh, got the CT scan last week. It was clear. So x-rays clear. CT scan is clear. I'm going to diagnose. Your wallet also clear. I know. They just <laughs> sucked all that money out. $300 to them. You shoot me up with some fluids <laughs> and then CT scan that stuff. Um, anyway, the um, my I'm going to self-diagnose. I am going to talk to my general practitioner today. But I believe I've developed some sort of allergy or asthma because... Two times I had a harder workout last week where I took the Allegra and the no, no, Nasacort um, spray and I seemed to do a lot better. Did my workout on Thursday with Meg, had a great time and was hitting all the paces just right. And then Saturday, Robbie, Jarrett, Megan, Trish, we all went for a little mini not adventure. Me. Right. Not, not this Megan, Megan Viviano. Mm-hmm. Um, who you don't know the difference between Meg or Meg. Yeah, no one knows. Yeah, it's not feathers either. Um, anyway, so we all went for a run, and it was a workout of 10 easy, 10 marathon pace-ish, and then uh, two cool down. I, I shortened it a little. I was only doing 16. I did 17. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so... It started off nice. We we are all getting ready for our warm up, and Robbie wants to talk about this because, Rob, Robbie, we kind of let Rob, my plan was to just go out, uh, the <laughs> underpass, uh, O'Donnell underpass, hit O'Donnell, go over the O'Donnell hill, run out that Dundalk flatness, mm-hmm. and come back. Pretty boring. Yeah, yeah very but, boring. But, he, but flat. Thomas lays out this boring thing. I was like, nah, we're not doing this. We did the run out to Dundalk, and I wanted to take you. On, I want to take you to the top of this hill because it's a really nice viewpoint. It's a nice downhill. It is actually a spectacular view. It's like shocking. Like there is a place that probably the real estate values are probably a, a bargain right now, I would say. I would, 
I mean, it's it's a pro like the whole top of the hill is mostly projects, yeah. and there are other houses. And it overlooks the bay. You can see Fort McHenry from it. You can see the Key Bridge. You can see the Key Bridge. It's like really it's nice. a really sweet high point. Yeah, and I, so I was like, oh, we'll just start out on this large uphill. I was fine with it. I guess in high, I didn't know that everyone else was like, what well, the hell? Well, I think everybody else was in the 22 mile mindset where they're like, let's not mess around. Let's like warm up and I mean, then we, hit our pace. Okay. Let and, me, here's no, the no, thing. You're, you're going to, you're going to get defensive. I, I enjoyed it. It okay. was fun. I feel like other people didn't, but here's the thing. I'm like, <laughs> if you're, you're running up a hill, you're running like a nine thirty pace. It's not like if it was a workout, I wouldn't have done that. But I was like, we're running a slow run. Just like, let's take it easy going up this hill. Who cares? Well, no, I, th I think the difference is typically, like, I'm a mindless runner. Like, I, you point me in a direction and I pretty much am happy as long as it's just like cruising and I disappear. You like kind of like these adventure runs. Yeah. And seeing things and, and going. So you took us on, we got to see this great view. Mm -hmm. Then... Actually, the downhill from that is super fun, but then we had to run like along this road where there was no shoulder okay. and semi trucks coming. Well, <laughs> I, okay, fair enough. We've run that before. Though. Yeah, I know. And the okay. sidewalk, the sidewalk there is usually you can run on the sidewalk, but for some reason they haven't trimmed it in like two years, and so there's trees hanging over like the whole sidewalk. It was imp impassable, basically. I mean, honestly, that's the saddest thing about this area to me is that they let good things go bad. Like the plants that grow into the cement, crack the cement, right. break it open. And next thing you know, you got really crummy sidewalks and stuff. It's like a little bit of maintenance would save a lot of money in infrastructure in the city. And everywhere we ran, and of course, Robbie took us to an area that wasn't as upkept as maybe say Harbor East. But um, you could say that. Yeah. And, and so you're just like, they're just going to waste money. They're going to let this crumble. Yeah. And they're going to have to rebuild it. It's going to cost more money. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just like, just. Why aren't we taking care of this stuff? This is why we can't have nice things. Yep, that's true. Yeah, I mean, so, well, apologies to all y'all who didn't want me to take <laughs> y'all on hills. Um, well, I thought we were apologizing to the audience for going on this really tangent. No, I'm apologizing to three people I went on You guys are really highlighting no, our city. All right. I honestly well. don't think anybody was that upset about it. Okay. I think I just wanted to give you a little, little poop on it. Yeah, you guys are going to PR because of that run. Yeah, probably. All right. Anyways, so then we, we ended up doing... Then we came back to downtown. It's yeah. kind of nice. It was, and Robbie and I, I, we were feeling it because mm -hmm. we, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a little bit of cooler temps. Robbie and I started going the paces that I felt like we were supposed to be going. Yeah, like seven, what thirty, seven forty-five yeah. for the last. And and we turned half. around and everybody was gone. Yeah. So, Oops. Sorry. So we, we just dropped them. Well, well, sort I of. I thought they were behind it. Like I thought we were running the pace that everyone was cool with, and then. Like, like it, we had kind of like a pacing and I think that it was just wide enough of a like variable 10 seconds per mile or something that some people were doing this one and some people were doing this one and it just opened a gap. I can't, you know, a shoe I wore the whole time. Yeah, I do. Skechers Max Road 5. Boom. You love All that 17. shoe. Me, meanwhile, I do love that shoe. after the 10, the first 10, I... We stopped by my house, got Gatorades and water and took, you know, Martin and all that stuff. And I switched into the Alpha Fly. Yeah, everyone's switching into their Vapor Flies and Alpha Flies and Rebel, or not Rebels, uh, RC, RC Elite. Elite. And uh, I said, you know what? I'm sticking with Skechers, my baby. 
yeah. cradling my foot. And we went. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. Should, yeah, me and my sketchers showed those vapor flies what was up. Robbie didn't even say goodbye, though. Like, I'm, like, running, <laughs> and I turn around, okay. and then I'm by myself. All right, here's what happened. So we were running down Pratt Street, which was closed off, which is cool to be running down. Under the yeah. flag, even. Under the flags, they're doing a 9-11 oh, yeah. thing. But there's a CCR race, right. and the start line was, like, on Pratt Street. And I was like, I, like, are we running in the race? And I was like, felt weird because I was like, we're crossing the timing mat. And there's like, we didn't have, also, I have a vest on. There's first responders everywhere. It's 9 11. I'm thinking, I don't want to like freak people out either. Do you know what I mean? I'm, For I was, sure. I was kind of trying to be cognizant of like running around <laughs> looking like a weirdo, like wearing a vest. <laughs> I didn't, none of this registered for me. Like, you're wearing a hydration vest. Yeah, but you know, everyone's on high alert. I don't, I don't and know. And you can't it's, wear them at, races like a 10k yeah that's right remember <laughs> so like that so i was i was like a little bit nervous about that so that's why i was kind of like holding back like for to catch up with jerks so i was like i don't know should, should i keep going and i looked at my watch and realized i need to go home anyways so, <laughs> so just paced out so i just left meanwhile <laughs> i'm going running under the glory of the flag and running up <laughs> feeling amazing and i look around i'm like i'm by myself and uh so yeah. i i, I Pause my watch. You looked great running into the distance. Did I? Beneath the flag. That's amazing. Yeah. Too bad we don't have any No shirt on, carrying no hydration like a madman. Yeah. Anyways, that's probably enough of that. What's up? Yeah, what's up with your running, What's up? I wish I had as a a wonderful, fun story as that. But You could. Saturday, we're rolling it right back, aren't aren't we, Thomas? Yeah. Are are we? Yeah. We're doing eight, eight, and eight. Nope. That's six, six, very six. bad math. There you go. 24, we're doing a marathon. Uh, six, six, and six. We're doing six easy, six MP, six whatever. Cool. Okay, Megan, you're in. Done. Oh, I'm not running that with you. Yeah, you can run nine-minute paces with us anytime. Mm, hard pass. <laughs> wow. You can hear the condescension dripping. No, I'm no. I... <laughs> Megan actually gets upset when she's running too slow because it hurts. She I know. Says. Only at like certain paces, but it's from for everyone. I know, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, let's hear about you, Megan. Um, I like I said, I don't really have any exciting, fun running stories. I got in my last super long run, twenty two on Saturday, ran with a friend Sarah for about half of it, uh, hit all the paces, so feeling pretty good about wine glass. Which is when's wine glass? Two weeks. Three, three weeks. Why aren't they sponsoring this podcast? I don't know. We're sending like 30 30 people to it. Shoot. I uh, had some correspondences with some of the folks there. Oh, really? Not a huge fan. Really? Well, you know, Megan's elite. Yeah. And she wanted to see if they had had elite tables for hydration and fueling. And they were like, our elite field is full. And... um, Meg's like, well, what, what? I, no, all I wanted, all I asked was, what's the qualifying time? And she's like, an we elite? just, we just look yeah. for certain numbers. And that's what the, that's what they said. They, they, the people said we look for certain numbers. For certain numbers. And what, meanwhile, how'd you respond to that? <laughs> how do you? She said, uh, and it was full, but there's, if you want to be on the wait list. So I said, sure, put me on the wait list. I don't know what numbers you were expecting. But <laughs> meanwhile, Meg has like her. Last marathon time would have taken what second place last year or uh, the last running? No, but like all like easily top 10 is 250s. Like sometimes the winning time is 
high 240s, low 250s. Which you, you're trying to run 250? Yeah. Snap. So if you win. 252, three. If you, if you win, if there's a table oh, anywhere with dude. water, just go and just knock it all over. <laughs> like yeah. take the people handing out medals, push them. Find you that. Know. You need to find that woman beforehand. If it was a woman or a guy, I don't know. And fill up your cup that you like the trophy cup that you win with Gatorade and just dump it on her head. Yeah, be like, this is your table service. How's that time? Yeah. Is that a time you're looking <laughs> is that for? that a good time? I, <laughs> I'm not really upset about it at all. I just thought it was very strange to say we look for certain times and not give you what the time they're looking for. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, but you do. You love the race. Didn't you love the race last year or something? Yeah, minus the 20 mile per hour headwinds oh, for a point to point race. <laughs> So how long do you, do you have to get in a shuttle beforehand? Yeah. So you, most of the time you stay down in Corning, New York, which is where it finishes. And then they bust you up to Bath, New York, which is like a 40 minute drive because it's 26 miles away. That's actually doesn't seem that long. 40 minutes. Oh, you're in a car. No, no, but I'm saying like 26 miles is well, 20, 60 miles per hour is 26 minutes. You, so. you drive like this and the course goes Wait, like I'm, this. I'm liking Robbie's math. Let's keep going with this. Yeah. Well, I'm saying like, I, I assume that I have to take back roads. No one's listening I don't anymore. think Megan actually clocked it exactly how long the bus ride is. I will tell you this. I'm, cause I'm just caught up on how long the bus ride is. I, care not, there, I don't care about anything else. There's, there's some anxiety that comes for me for riding on a point to point when you ride on that bus. I don't love riding on the bus. It's like no, because it feels so long, and you're like, wait, I'm gonna go run. Unless it's this? an A6 coach bus with a police Whoa. escort. That was a very posh one. These, this one is like the green. This is vinyl, like your school bus. Yeah, green vinyl seats where your knees are jabbed in front of you, and it smells like kids' weird mm -hmm. leather. And you're probably not one of the cool kids. So you're not sitting in the back, the window open. No. <laughs> you do that. I didn't even bring vape. <laughs> I look forward to bus rides because I wasn't cool when I was on the bus when I was a kid. So now I get to relive my dreams by putting the window down. Like, you know how you do it like backwards? Yeah. That's the pinch and pinch and slide. Yeah. I do that. So now whenever I get the chance to go on a school bus, which is rare, usually on the races these days. Well, hmm. you can still join us at Wineglass and ride the school bus. <laughs> I wish, I should just that mustache is going to keep you off <laughs> yeah. a lot of school buses. Yeah. I think it's an automatic <laughs> barrier that blocks me from getting through. Um, Dude, I'm kind of sad about maybe having to shave the mustache off in a month. Why? Because we're going to going snorkeling, and I'm gonna have to. No, you can get the full face one. I don't. I'm, this I just freak me out. The full. You're face You're shaving it for snorkeling. Dude, <laughs> I hate. There is nothing worse than snorkeling and getting water in your face every five minutes, and trying to clear out your mask while you're treading water. <laughs> Dude, for real. Meg's losing it. It's one of my worst. Like, I hate it so much. Have you ever seen a man with a, a mustache snorkel? I mean, Tom that's Selleck in Hawaii, maybe? No, yeah, that's fiction, though. Yeah. Like, this is real life, real life mustache problems. Tom Selleck, get out of here. There's got to be. Can we Google snorkeling for people with mustaches and see what comes up? <laughs> I mean, dude, I shouldn't have been a mustache guard for a snorkel mask. You know what's amazing? This is the same way that Jared got popular because <laughs> people are like, I don't know. I got white feet. We'll Google it. There's only one person writing about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like a person mustache. Snorkeling. Yeah, there's got to be a mustache snorkeler. Interesting. You'd be like, I get a lot of I get a lot of inquiries about how to snorkel with a mustache. <laughs> Oh man! Ed, for real, if anyone out there has any tips aside from, 
I guess I could get one of those full face mask ones. Yeah. Those weird me out though. Why? It's like know. having a whole environment. Yeah, I just like feel like your mouth's trapped in there too. So then it's like, what if what if it seals around your face and <laughs> then the thing clogs up? I don't know. You take it off. I just it freaks me out <laughs> having my face whole face enclosed in one one thing. You didn't like wearing masks during COVID, did you? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah, speaking Matt, of Jared, yeah, though. Uh, I'm trying to limit the mask usage all around. Yeah, he went down to the uh, Cherry Blossom 10-miler. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. And acted like a paparazzi. Yeah, definitely. Jared got real creepy with some of those athletes. Yeah. I'm just jealous. He got well, a pick with Noah Drotty. And Jenny Simpson. But it, it, Jared has a unique quality of no self-consciousness when it comes to asking for free stuff or photos with people. Yeah, he's definitely one of those people who just gloms on to whatever. Like does he, it. He's like a Rottweiler. If you go to Wegmans, he's the guy standing by the cheese plate. They're like, yeah. one sample, please. And he's like, hey, I'm just going to have uh, three more. Speaking of mustaches, he comes back with a mustache disguise to get like another R- little row of cheese. Of cheese. He's got a toothpick collection. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with he going. Br- he brings his own toothpick <laughs> to Wegmans. <laughs> Not a bad move. I mean, I will say there's nothing wrong with going to like a Costco at lunch or whatever and just sampling. Not they don't do that anymore. Right? But before, well, actually, they are doing it again. We went really? to the BJ's and they gave Theo chocolate. Like they had like samples individually wrapped. Oh, nature is healing. Yeah, that's how you know we're coming back. <laughs> nature <laughs> finds a way. <laughs> it's yeah. like the Jurassic Park of yeah. samples. <laughs> samples find a way. Um, but anyways. I wouldn't mind if they did something like that. Oh, they did do that at the Baltimore Running Festival the one year. They had um, Phillips had crab, Maryland crab soup samples. Oh, I like that. That was legit. Yeah, that's awesome. But that's what you want after race, something salty and yeah. and that. But back to the cherry blossom. Oh, yeah. Uh, we also had contributor Jeremy Ardenoy, who runs with the Faster Basses and actually wore a Faster Basses singlet for this one. Crush, like 509 average for the 10... Miles, so 509 average and pace. And that we're talking miles, not kilometers. And uh, that still only nabbed him top 20. He wasn't, he, he was like, it was a slow race. He called it a oh. slow race. Oh, he did? Yeah, his his race, his personal race. So I don't think that was that exciting for him. <sighs> Which is pretty crazy. Yeah, it's mind-blowing. Like, and the amount of talent that was there, because it, the, it was the national champs. It was. And... So the number of people there that who could really throw down was insane. Like most of the people, like if you're running a 509 pace for a 10 mile, most races across the country, you're going to take first place. Yeah. That's why when he said that, I was like, oh, like come top 10, you know, <laughs> like what, what place was he in? I think it was 30 something. I don't know. It 50? was, I thought deep. it was 19. But the most exciting thing at the Cherry Blossom was Jenny Simpson made her road racing debut, which was super cool. And She's thought a- 10 miles was really long, so wait till she jumps into the marathon. What was she normally race? She's a 1,500-meter okay. runner. Um, and after she didn't make the Olympic team this year, decided to try something quote-unquote fun. So jumped into a road race, her first one, and came in second place. Yeah, Nell Rojas was in first place and i mean Nell's not sponsored she went out there where the alpha fly you know not a lot of fanfare just kicked some butt at a heavily stacked competition pretty impressive i have a little uh 
chart here is saying it. Top 10 males, anyways. Uh, I'm going to mess up everyone's name, so Go I'll ahead. just say the people I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Frank Lara, who's he's always one of those guys who's like shorter than me. He's at Rocket. That dude's, I think he won uh, Jacksonville Bridge Run, not this year, like yeah. last year. Um, Clayton won it this year. He's super fast. Uh, what was the men's winning time? What was their pace? So his name's Edwin Komatai. Komatai. He's Kenyan. He was a four thirty-five. Yeah. So tenth place was four forty-seven. Okay. <laughs> I normally watch racing, and I'm like, okay, it looks like running. When I saw someone posted a video of the front men from like the person who was yeah, on a bicycle or a motorcycle, and I was like, holy crap. They're flying. They, this is, it's like sprinting for 10 miles. And I'm like, how, like, I I, I couldn't even fathom it, but it was a group of like 20 dudes just like rolling hard. Uh, Jotty got 13th actually. And he was real happy with his time. Yeah. That's an, again, 447 per mile. And he's running New York marathon. Yeah. So it's kind of like New York city. Yeah, exactly. New York city has a stacked field. That's going to be a fun one to watch. I think there's going to be so much good spectating this fall. For sure. So soon Jenny Simpson came in second? Yeah. Yeah. So she was three seconds behind Nell Rojas. Yeah. Yep. She, 16. Nell out, and, out sprinted her in like the right? last few yards. Sarah Hall, Diana Curry. You know, I'm going to put it out on our podcast. I would love to have Nell Rojas on as a guest if she'd be willing to come. I find her interesting. And I love it when we have somebody who's... Who does she run for? She's not sponsored. Oh, really? Yeah, so she I will be. I kind of dig that, that you know you can talk to them and kind of just see where their mind's at. Yeah, so if someone knows her, send her our way. Um, all right, is that it for the cherry? cherry I'd like to have Jenny, cherry Jenny Simpson on too. So, Do they have fake cherry blossom trees going? They didn't. Mm. And that's the thing, like normally this is in April. Mm-hmm. And you do have that beautiful tidal basin... You know, the cherry blossom trees. A little known fact, did you know those cherry blossom trees do not belong to the United States? They belong to uh, Japan. I thought they were a gift. They are alone, kind of like the pandas. They're alone? Yeah, They the value of cherry blossom trees apparently is so great in Japan that these are... Basically, I, I thought you meant alone. I thought you meant alone, like they're like don't have any friends. No, they, <laughs> I was they like, got plenty of friends. I was like, man, like cherry blossoms, a like, financial you, loan. Yeah, I get it now. I was, I was trying to figure that out because I was like, they're pretty good looking trees. I feel like they'd have like some company. options. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, that's a, that was kind of got sad for a second. Yeah, no. You, th- you thought I bring it down with sad podcasts. You're telling me cherry blossoms are, are alone, alone, and I was like, what's what's going on here? Yeah, no, I okay. think like the pandas alone from Japan. I, I think that they still belong. wait. Pandas are alone, like not friend alone, but they're also. I'm going to have to come up with another word for him. The pandas <laughs> that are in the National Zoo yeah. are a gift from China that is not ours. Oh, so it's kind of like like art when they, different galleries like give yes, stuff out. exactly. But they actually, we just returned one of the pandas to them. And I think, you know, we're having uh, pandas in captivity and we're sending them back to China. Hmm. Do you think they, I bet they, you think they get like a nice flight? I think they put chips in them and those pandas become spies. I could see it. But d- who doesn't in, loosen up around a panda? In <laughs> cages true. in the zoo, that's where they're putting spies. Every I mean, president goes. Through think there. about it. They're in DC. 
Yeah. yeah, who's going to zoos with diplomats hey, with their kids? I'm doing a secret, you know, a clandestine meeting with Robbie to talk about taking down Megan. I'm going to go meet at the zoo. We're or gonna, near a cherry blossom tree. We're going to, yeah, or a cherry blossom tree. We're going to talk through newspapers. I'm going to sit on a bench and be like, did you see the panda? We have to, first, we have to find where we can buy a newspaper. Yeah. That is crazy, though. I, I think know Starbucks that about the, has newspapers. I didn't, know, I didn't know that about the cherry blossoms or the pandas. I think so. You might have to Google that to oh, verify. We, we'll look that up. But we'll I'm, get back I'm, to you next time. I'm 100% sure on the pandas. I'm... Pretty sure okay. on the uh, cherry blossoms. Well, you won't run alone if you run the race next year because they did have a lot of people uh, at the race. Not was it? I'm not sure. It's a fun race. Time. I've run it before. It's a huge race. Um, it's a good race. It's there's something magical about running in Washington D.C. and seeing the monuments and stuff. It's usually a pretty crisp morning for the race. This mm-hmm. one was probably warmer than more normal, but like normally in April, you know, you get that really cold morning and. Then it's like seventy by the afternoon. It's well, like a, you could it's get a it. Day. You could get it either way though, because I've uh, run the DC Rock and Roll in like March there, and it was twenty five degrees at the start. But the weekend before, it would have been like sixty five at the start. So yeah, you never know. Uh, anyways, I don't know if we want to talk about the Primex stuff. It's like it is what it is. I do. I, I mean, because that's shoe related, so right, we'll, we got to do it. We'll just hit it real quick. Yeah, our if you didn't know, Vienna Marathon. Uh, not the one Kipchoge ran, right? That's that wasn't that, that was a street. Um, the still a marathon. It wait, true. Um, but one of the Adidas athletes showed his Adios Pro twos to the ruling board before the marathon, and then decided the day of he wanted to run in his Adidas Prime X, which break the the stack height rule. Yeah. So there there are forty. Over 40. Over 40. I think they're 50, right? And 40 is the max. Just just a little bit. And I I get why he might want to do this, but from my understanding, we have not worn the shoe, but my understanding, it's really marshmallowy feeling. Like it's not intended for racing? I don't. I don't think so. I think it's supposed to be like a training shoe. Yeah. And uh, so I don't know what he was doing. But well, he won the race. Yeah, people, people so, think that. Well, he did not win the race. Well, he initially he crossed the line first, um, and in two oh nine, the thing is, I can't believe he he wouldn't know that that was an illegal shoe. And I also well, so did you say he got disqualified? That's why he yeah. didn't win. Yeah, he he won originally two oh nine with two oh nine, and then once they were like, hey, that's you're wearing uh like Marilyn, Marilyn Manson shoes or whatever. There's thick platform things i think he knew what he was doing people are kind of trying to come up with marketing you know clandestine stuff i think the guy just wanted to wear those shoes and was like i'll show you these ones but i'll wear these ones and he thought possibly how would anybody know the difference but he didn't know there's nerds like us walking around going that's the prime x yeah um apparently his coach didn't even know what was going on or his manager he's like didn't know he was doing it that's what he's going to well, say. Well, which is what he's going to say. <laughs> That's just like how Shelby Houlihan ate some weird ah, pork yeah. meat. They should get together. Yeah. But see, what do you think's worse? Shoe doping or doping doping? Doping doping. Yeah. I just, it almost, like, do you think he really could have, I feel like he could have ran in the Audios Pro and been like, same result. Definitely. Maybe he would have run faster. I didn't see how much he won by. I mean, because 209 is like, 
a good time, but it's that's not the time that Meb won Boston, and and Boston's a harder course, right? Him, you know, that's why I was like, I wonder if he didn't think he was actually gonna win because maybe that's like his eight, like his best of his capabilities, and was like, ah, I'm just gonna wear the shoes. Why not? And then didn't like just had an amazing day. I don't know. I think at that level, you're you know, like because you'd be like if you were really feeling that way, maybe you would just calm down a little bit, let somebody pass you. Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, Adidas is probably going to give him a nice little check just for, as a thank you. Cause nobody was really talking about the Primex before. I know Meg, Meg was actually like, Hey, don't you want to try it now? And I'm like, why? Well, as someone who loves stack, height, you don't want to try it. I want to try it. You do want it. I do. All right. Anyways, th- this has gone on long enough. Sure has. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Megan. Megan's, <laughs> Megan's about to quit the podcast. Yeah. This is her second one today. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're probably burned out. A lot of podcast talking. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't People have to talk. Talking. We don't really have any new shoes in particular, so we can just Just the GT2000, but we'll skip that. We'll save it for another day. It's an Asics GT2000. Stability shoe, a little lighter, lighter weight. We'll get into it. All right, checking in here, first time. Boy, we're getting close to the marathon if you're doing a fall marathon. Feels good to start tapering back those miles. Let's put that smile on, pick our head up, and keep those miles rolling. So that's uh, it for this section of the podcast. Um, And we'll be introducing our guest shortly, but it's Tim Rossi from The Lost Boys. Here we are with Tim Rossi. Uh, I guess mostly I know about him, about the Lost Boys uh, running club in New York City. And uh, I guess you're part of the culture there. Can you give me a rundown, a little bit of your background and and stuff that I'm not mentioning? Yeah, hey, you, you mentioned the big ones probably. So yeah, Tim Rossi, uh, born and raised in New York is one that I like to start with because there's not a lot of us out there and we're... Uh, obnoxiously proud of it when we're born and raised in New York. So that's always a good one. Uh, but yeah, background, I mean, without going too, too deep into it, I grew up playing every other sport in the world, uh, soccer, baseball, basketball, football, were kind of like the focuses, I guess. I was good at soccer and baseball though. Um, and then essentially got to college, wasn't doing any of those sports competitively and started running, which was super, super fun. I uh, tried to get to the New York City Marathon a bunch of times when I was in college. This was back when New York Roadrunners had the uh, the three times you're rejected and you get in thing going on. So that was great because I got rejected three times, which <laughs> honestly was a blessing in disguise right there. Because if I ran a marathon when I had no idea what I was doing, I might not still be running. But uh, yeah, like throughout that journey, essentially was back in New York. New York City, you said it, has a huge running culture out there, lots of different crews, teams, and I definitely wouldn't be where I am without that. But at the time, it was just like me and a few of my buddies that we ran together. We were traveling to some local races over the summer, and we wanted to put a name down when we had like that physical registration form. And we literally spent a car ride back from a race two hours trying to come up with a team name, and we landed on the Lost Boys. as kind of a, a nod to the Peter Pan, uh, like never grow up type thing. And that, that's really where like Keep Dream Alive came from. But uh, since then, it's really exploded into something that none of us really thought it would be. It's super cool to see 
Uh, it kind of splinter, obviously. There's a bunch of us in New York who are all buddies and training partners, but uh, it's kind of exploded where there's people up in Boston, people down all the way to, like, South Carolina at this point, out in Colorado. But even beyond that, it was just resonated with, and that's kind of the point of the entire thing is, like, it, if you feel some connection to it, we're not, like, taking qualifying times or anything like that. It's just, like, if, if you think you're a lost boy, you're a lost boy. That, that's the entire <laughs> Of it, and, so. and not uh, to not to be gender specific, but you also have lost boys that are women. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, Peter Pan did not have female lost boys, obviously. But uh, yes, we we have lost boys who are women who we've had. We did have that conversation early on of like, does this need to be a different team name? And they were pretty insistent that like, no, I want to be a lost boy. So yeah. uh, that that was a, a fun one to watch that kind of happen. Yeah, we run with the faster bastards. The same thing. Like we were like, I don't know, faster bitches. I don't know. That doesn't. Yeah, so now the yeah, same ring. But yeah. So when you say you're born and raised in New York, New York's bigger than people think, and the city itself is bigger than people think. There's five boroughs. Which uh, which of the boroughs were you born in? Yeah, I, I was born in Lower Manhattan. So for those who are familiar with New York, my dad worked for uh, the company that managed the building down in Battery Park. So we we were there like right when Battery Park was started and literally spent my entire life there, which is absolutely insane. My parents unfortunately moved out of that apartment like two months ago, but we were in the same spot for 29 years, which is kind of awesome. Like I I definitely enjoyed it, but uh, yeah, absolutely love it. So yeah, right lower Manhattan, good times. I want to go back to you said you started running in college, but you played a bunch of other sports beforehand. What made you go for that switch? Like, why did you start running? <laughs> yeah, hey, great, great question. Uh, I mean, like I, I have, I think a lot, I, I went to a high school that did not run off the like American system. So we didn't do the mile test. We did something called the beep test, which I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with, but mm. it's literally just like you run up and down a basketball court and the, there's literally a CD you plug in. Oh, and yeah, I know this after one. After. They call it a thousand different things. But, like, I was good at that. And when I got to college and I wasn't doing the other sports, I was like, well, I was good at that. Maybe <laughs> I can start running. Which is, like, it sounds dumb, but that's truly what happened. The, the, so I went to Villanova my freshman year, and then I ended up transferring and graduating from Emory down in Atlanta. Um, but like Villanova had a pretty new club running program when I started and I just happened to like, Hey, I think this is my running journey in general, but like I happened to meet the guy who was kind of organizing it. He was like, Oh, you should come out. I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Cause I don't know what else I'm doing. I was playing intramural soccer and flag football. Um, and then also running. And then when it got cold and the running club wasn't needed, and I actually joined the intramural swim team cause I like wanted to do something. Uh, that, that one was short lived, unfortunately. I'm not the best swimmer in the world, but yeah, like at Villanova, it was cool because they had a bunch of these guys who were like amazing guys and girls who were essentially on the varsity team, but redshirting and they have a great program over there. So there were people that like told me what an interval workout was and how to run easy miles and stuff like that. So I just had that guidance early on. And I think it, like I wanted to be doing something active, but then they're the ones that made it fun for me is the whole thing. And that's like why I stuck with it beyond that. Cause you're right. Like soccer, baseball, baseball specifically, if they make you run, that sucks. A lot of baseball <laughs> players enjoy that. Soccer is a little bit more okay, but it still kind of sucks. So kind of definitely a weird transition for a while, but then I just 
got the bug after a while and fell in love with it. Yeah. So Emory though, that's, that's pretty far from New York as far as culturally. Like, I mean, yeah. it, it's about as far as you get. I, I can't imagine. Yeah. I would say Emory is about as far as you get. Uh, how was the transition to going to school down in the South? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was super, super cool. I kind of knew going towards college, like I wanted to leave New York, uh, just to experience something different. Ultimately, I wanted to come back to New York, which, yeah, I felt very validated, vindicated <laughs> when that happened. Uh, but it was cool. I mean, Atlanta is an awesome city. Uh, there definitely is like a Northeastern population down there, but I mean, like the food down in Atlanta, first and foremost, was absolutely spectacular. That was definitely a shift. Uh, and one that I kind of need to be used to. And then there's the things that you fall in love with, like the weather down there was absolutely insane. And that was probably the most fun part of being down there. But I definitely felt like when I was in college, I kind of stayed in that uh, collegiate bubble that some people do, even though it is a major city. Like I didn't have a car. I wasn't really getting around the same way that a lot of my buddies were. So I ended up just spending a lot more of my time on campus. Uh, it was cool though. Like it was absolutely awesome to see a different part of the country, but you're right. It's like very, very different from New York. And it, it truly, maybe there's not like a, a distinct reason why I'm like, I don't want to stay here, but it just made me realize that all those little things about New York that I love about New York, like I missed those and I wanted to be back in New York after I graduated. So I, I figured my way back to New York city essentially. Yeah. Clear, or did you have a question? What were you studying? Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is part of the, so I was pre-law. I put it in air quotes because it's not a real thing. I was an international studies major. Uh, and what brought me back to New York is I, uh, uh, fun part of my history is I went to law school for a semester uh, before I realized that I just didn't want to do it. I took a leave of absence without the intention of going back. But the whole idea when I was in college was, pre-law, go to law school and become a lawyer. And I did the first two steps of that, I guess. I just didn't uh, go the rest of the way down that rabbit hole. And it's, law school is awesome, don't get me wrong, but like I was sitting in class and realized that the work is very similar to the, the work that you're doing in class in law school. And I just knew that like, I would hate reading cases every <laughs> day. It's not what I want to be doing. Well, I think one thing that also defines some of your running, at least from an outsider's perspective, uh, which is mine, um, you, most people think of running as an individual sport, but it seems to me like you've always made it a team sport. Like, you know, you started off at college and you've continued that after college running with friends and, and creating the lost boys is how would you say that you were feeling about running is as far as whether or not it's depends on other people or an individual or how's that? Oh man, you're, you're leading me right in one of my favorite conversations to have. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, like I, I grew up playing the team sport. So like the team part of it was always a big one for me, but uh, I kind of alluded to it. But like, even when I was back in New York, getting into running in New York city, I was working with people. I was working at a local running store for like a summer job. And they were the ones that were telling me about like, you need to go check out this crew doing a race or like this team that's doing something. Cause New York, especially at the time, social media has maybe changed it a little bit, but like there was a lot going on that if you weren't really in it, you didn't know about. Um, so there were those like unsanctioned races and, and clubs that just don't show up on uh, New York Roadrunners website yeah. or whatever it might be that 
are really, really like the cool clubs, if you will. And like the ones where you're going to hang out, but also have a beer after and stuff like that, which is super, super fun. Um, so I, I just got lucky again that I was surrounded by those people that were pulling me into that, that space where people were doing it for more than just like trying to PR. They wanted to do it with their friends. They wanted to spend time with their friends and that, that's something common in a city like New York as well. I think there's a thousand different things going on and like selfishly, if I can go for a run for an hour with a bunch of buddies, like maybe I'm not going to make it to happy hour that night, or maybe I can't go to X party or whatever it might be and see everyone that I normally would. So I still get that social interaction. And I think that's a big theme for like me personally of um, doing it with my friends and my friends are the ones that are making it super enjoyable. I obviously love trying to run faster and get the most out of myself. But the reason that I'm still running is because I just had all these friends that kind of fell into the sport. And I think to your, to your question, exactly. Like I, I think so many people lose that and it is hard. It's the whole thing. Like New York, I'm very much aware is a unique environment where there's so many people that are running. Um, that you can find someone that literally you can find 10 people who are your, your ability level, whoever you are, uh, and run with them. And that's like your team at that point. But, uh, it, it's so much harder for people elsewhere to be able to do that. And I think finding that connection is what makes it fun when the training sucks, like injuries are going <laughs> to happen, my bad workouts, all that stuff. Uh, like you got to find people that make it fun to keep going back it's the whole thing and that's why like anytime where the the team is always part of it and like the friends are always part of it but anytime like i'm super passionate about races like like hood to coast we did recently with the squad of the lost boys which is literally just a team experience like you can't not do that race without a team which is fun um or even things like i've done the speed project before out in uh la to vegas and like that was awesome and those are just super tangible ones that make it super enjoyable. I think I'm going sideways on you a little bit. No, I just, for, for our <laughs> listeners, I would just say, if you don't know what hood to coast is or the yeah. uh, speed project, it's a relay race. So you're with a team in a van basically. And each person's taking a leg of that race at, over a greater distance than you'd probably cover on your own. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. that sums it up better than I would have summed it up. But uh, uh, well, you know, New York, you talk about it and it does have such a rich running community. And there's groups all over the place. How does how does the Lost Boys carve out your little piece, and why is it sustainable, and how do you keep it going? Yeah, they, um, it, it's great questions. I think New York at the time when I got into the running, it, it kind of goes back to something that I just noticed with running generally, where like I was a soccer player who turned to running, who was like. I, I remember my senior year of college, I was desperately trying to break 17 minutes to 5K so I could maybe walk on to like a D3 program. And like 17 minutes is fast, don't get me wrong, but it's not D1 runner fast. Like there's, there's the high school kids that are kicking my butt every single day. <laughs> uh, and like I didn't understand why all of a sudden I had all these friends who were super quick in college and then just never ran a step again. And that just didn't make sense to me. So, to actually answer your question in New York at the time, there were the, the traditional teams, if you will, the like Nyacks or Central Park Track Club or whatever someone thinks of when they think of establishment. a run club. Yeah, exactly. Like the, yeah, mainstream establishment, all, all the things that everyone, I don't know, I'll leave that open to. <laughs> <laughs> and I love those guys. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I, 
have friends on all those teams now, and it, it has bled more recently, which is awesome. But at the time, there were those, and, like, that's where you went if you wanted to train and try and run fast. And then there was this crew side of running, and there were a few doing it at the time. There's a crew by the name of Black Roses, who I would argue are the, like, innovators in that space. But then also Orchard Street Runners was all about running fast for a while as well. Um, but there was a gap because those guys were super, super small uh, and maybe a little bit less tangible. So that's kind of where Lost Boys kind of took its niche, if you will, of like we wanted to enjoy everything that all the other crew runners were enjoying with the community aspect and the fun of it. Um, but we also wanted to run fast. And we had very tangible competitive goals that we wanted to chase after. Uh, and that's kind of what it started on. And then it has definitely morphed a little bit more into this less time-based, but like the whole concept of when you're a kid, you think you can do all these insane things. And then as you get older, you put limitations on yourself and feelings and just like, I'm never like the number of times that I hear someone say like, I'm never going to run the PRs that I ran when I was in college or whatever. It just kills me because like, I don't know why they don't think they can run fast or why you can't just because like you've never ran before you. I, I know so many people who have gone from couch to like at some point, maybe qualifying for the Olympic trials, which is absolutely insane. But I hate those people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it breaks your soul when you make the house and for the world. Cause it's just like, damn, I've been doing this for so long. Yeah. I'm working uh, here. Like, <laughs> hey, we're, yeah, exactly. We need to put in a lot more. Oh uh, man. They, yeah. I've got a buddy who just ran like four Oh six in the mile after going out and staying out until 5am the night before. Well, and see- like it's, <laughs> and I get upset at those people because I'm like, imagine if you actually took care of yourself, but I don't think they'd run any faster. So it's like, what's, you know, he's not going to beat it for us. Uh, maybe for us. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have fun with it. It's the whole thing. Like the fun. And that's one of the pillars for sure as well. Like if you're not enjoying it, it's not sustainable. No matter how perfect your training plan is, if you hate it, you're not going to fall. It's yeah. the whole thing. When um, we were getting, from, like, yeah. When we were, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were getting ready to interview you, um, I was talking to a friend and I was like, you know, they're the, the guys who throw up the L when when they're uh, yeah. crossing the finish line. And he's like, why would you throw up the L? That's like a loser. I'm like, no, I guess if you're behind them, you're the loser. But that's just lost boys. And uh, I said, um, and they go, well, what if they're coming a second? I go, then everybody behind them is a loser. But is there any significance other than just the L for lost boys? That's literally it. And it but like, exactly the story that you just said is kind of why we think it's hilarious like we think we're super funny if that's not obvious already like i'm not fucking hilarious so they definitely like and a lot of us aren't winning races most of the time either unfortunately there's some really fast people out there so there is that like double irony of like yes like it, it's 100 percent for lost boys that's the entire point but like i'm also finishing 50th place at some local four miler because there just are so many fast people out here that like it, it's kind of fun like we we laugh at ourselves all the time we realize that like in the end it might just be a big joke which is funny and like that that's part of the playfulness that i think keeps us super excited about stuff. yeah I, I when we came up with the name for faster bastards I, I always tell people at the time i was naive and i didn't know how much faster other people were so i yeah. probably wouldn't have named it faster bastards we would have just been like you know something a little more humble but, uh, you know, at the time I thought running seven minute miles was really fast. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. And that's fun. Like that's the fun of running. And like when I ran, when I broke 20 minutes in the 5k the first time, 
I like I thought that I was going to be an Olympic gold medalist. Like I thought I was the best person in the world. Uh, and it's fun. Like that that stuff's so funny, and you need a little bit of the like naivety to uh, to enjoy it. And then you get humbled, and you meet people who get like upset about it, but then they really get to know you, and they're like, oh, this person doesn't actually think that like everyone else is a loser or whatever yeah. it might be or faster than everyone because they're running seven minute miles it's just like fun is the entire thing yeah i think that's when you're having fun and it, it comes through i think that it, it it's i think sometimes people get weirded out sometimes by the stuff like you know a group of guys having a good time it, it yeah. looks you know exclusive or or like you're uh elitist or something but they don't realize it a lot of times in these groups it's just a matter of going up introducing yourself or saying you want to run with them that it's totally open and and accessible and yeah i'm guessing that like you just said you don't have any qualifying time for lost boys so when if somebody's like from out of town and they want to run with you guys or or something like that how do most people connect with the the group it's literally Instagram. We have like a website now that we've used a little bit, um, but like transparently, it's it's like two of us, three of us that sometimes have time to take care of stuff. So like, there's a few people who log into the Instagram account and respond to DMs, and those are the most fun. Like, it, it's exactly what you said. It's super intimidating to reach out sometimes, especially in person. I remember running groups like I was scared to say hi to anyone, but as soon as you get miles with someone, you can start talking on the run. It's pretty easy, but like responding to DMs of why people are connected or like why they feel a connection to Lost Boys are the most fun things in the world. Like the number of screenshots that I have where it just like hypes me up that someone even gives a shit is awesome. And I absolutely love that. Uh, but then, yeah, like getting involved, that that's also the easiest way. Like the, we've also got the number of people who hit us up and it's like, hey, I'm going to be in town for like two days. Is anyone doing a track workout or whatever it might be? And we'll shoot a text to the thread and be like, does anyone want to link up with this person? Um, and it's super fun to be able to do that. It's also one of the reasons, though, that we've done like product drops before. No way are we trying to make like money off of this thing. But so many people want to like tangibly rep the squad. It's like, well, like I would have wanted a singlet if I was an outsider. Like I don't want this to be exclusive stuff how do we make it accessible for people so like that those are the things that are super fun but it is all like low hanging in the end none of us are ever going to say no to go for a run and get miles there's no organized group runs but we're all obviously training pretty seriously so there's five six seven days a week and there's people of every pace is what i should say as well you said it with the exclusivity like sometimes it can be intimidating if you think someone's faster than you for whatever reason one you'd be surprised how slow some of us are (laughs) That's always a fun one to bring up, but too like there, anyone can be chasing their dream. That's the fun thing. If it's exhausting of a time goal, is like we don't have qualifiers because if you're trying to break five hours of the marathon for the first time, I think that's awesome. Like that is so impressive in my mind. Uh, the same way that someone breaking like two nineteen is super impressive in my mind as well, and uh, that's part of the fun of like finding the people that are really passionate about it and chasing those goals. Um, and when we have someone for everyone is the whole thing, which is cool. Is there enter any um, like gentle shit talking between you and, and other groups in New York or anywhere? Uh, I, I think there's, there's definitely like in New York, I think it's any running scene. Part of the fun of it is like you go to these races with in New York, it's like thousands of people at every race ever. 
And then the gun goes off and you're running against the same 10 people that you run against <laughs> every single time. So like, we all, like everyone kind of knows one another and like, we, we definitely like talk shit and everyone wants, I mean, even within the group, there's like, there, there's a group of us, especially the group that kind of started things. There's a guy, Jeremy Mulvey and Luke McCampley and like me and those two were very close to the same speed for a very long time. And then like, it, it still comes back to it when we're all healthy, but someone gets injured, whatever. But like, we used to have, those were like the guys that I wanted to beat the worst was the whole thing. Like I talk shit to Jeremy all the time. Cause I outkicked him in an indoor two mile when my foot broke on me. Like I, oh. I developed a fracture during the race and I finished like, I, cause I had never had a fracture before. I didn't realize what happened. But I outkicked <laughs> thing him and then I fractured my foot and I'm like, dude, like what was going on that day, man? Like how'd I outkick you? It's so much fun to talk crap about it. Man. <laughs> uh, and you get that one forever. Great. <laughs> yeah oh, forever second check-in hope that you're finding this podcast as exciting as all the other ones um and you're chewing up some miles realizing you're probably i don't know what you're doing today how much mileage but you look good so keep that up and uh, we'll check in a little bit towards the end I want to go back to your experience with the New York City Marathon real quick because you didn't get in three times and then you get in and you finally run it. Was it everything you hoped? Well, time out. What year was this? This was, so I usually say the year wrong. It was 2014 was the first year that I ran New York. It's like that year was awesome. Don't get like New York is from a biased New Yorker. It's the greatest race in the world. Like you should run the New York City Marathon if you get the chance. I'm the yeah, probably the only person that would disagree with you. <laughs> I had the worst New York. New York, New York is not where I would tell anyone to go chase a PR. Uh, and, and you're also actually getting at one of the same. So like I did New York in 2014 for the first time. It was awesome. I, I'm a big, just like the energy of the crowd gets me fired up. So like New York has crowds that are deep. The second time I did New York, I went out insanely hard uh, and just kind of like, to an extent just said like let's see what's gonna happen here i'm running way faster than i thought i was gonna and i, I had the same thing i didn't walk thankfully it was very <laughs> there was over the last 10k there was a guy who was run walking and i was running consistently <laughs> yeah but we were like going back and yeah. forth because he like walked for a little and then i was running running so slow you love that guy love that guy there's a real good photo somewhere i'm like <laughs> me passing him and he's like looking over his shoulder at me coming past that that one was fun but i mean new york is just special because of the crowds you're completely right like it's chaos getting to the start it, it's chaos trying to get to the start line even when you're at the start yeah. uh but like the crowds are just something that i'm massively biased about doing the like smaller races is also special for all these opposite reasons essentially like, I, w I would like to do new york again I would like to do it yeah. knowing what I know now, like going into it and then also leveraging some of our relationships. So we had that bus before, before yeah, you know, yeah. waiting at the start. Now, the only weird part in New York is you talk about the crowd. You have this fantastic crowd pretty much all the way, but I, I forget if it's Queens or Brooklyn where you go through the Orthodox uh, community and they're like, they don't even know a marathon's going on. They're walking in front of you and, and crossing the street. That's the only weird part, like where it's like all of a sudden the crowds disappear and then you right back into it. Yeah, it, it, there's waves. You hit the Bronx as well. And thankfully there's a few community groups up there that I'm friends with now, which is like, 
that's the other special thing about New York now is I know so many people the last time that I ran it, it's just like every quarter mile you're seeing someone, but you're completely right. You go through, uh, it's like kind of near Williamsburg and it, it just yeah. dies a little bit in like bedside. Um, and then, and then you go up into the Bronx and it dies for a little bit as well. So there are, you have to like, and you're saying, you said it before, like, yes, you need to know the topography of the yeah. course, but you also need to know the like energy waves that you're going to run into is the whole thing. Coming into Manhattan is insane. And cause you go from eat, the crowds are like pretty deep in some places, but when you get into Manhattan, it's just like six, seven people deep and just like raucous. It's like, am I yeah. even saying, is that the right word? I'm not sure. Ruckus, rock. I don't know. People are excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to You got to come off the bridge, like hyping the crowd up. I don't think I've run New York once where I haven't been that guy. And it's awesome. Cause like everyone responds to you at that point. Runners are so in their zone that if you do anything to interact with the crowd, like it's the only time that I'm going to be able to like hype a crowd up ever is all. Yeah. And then I take full advantage of it. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. Love New York. Great, right? Are you running it this year? Running it this year is the plan right now. So like I, I've been a little banged up in the last few months, thankfully all like minor stuff, which is great. It's just created a little bit of inconsistency, but I, I think I've, as we're talking like six weeks out, uh, which I feel decent about. I'm definitely in a better spot health-wise than I have been the last three years uh, going into fall majors. Last year, I was actually very healthy, uh, which sucks, <laughs> but worthless. whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's useless. Also, probably not a coincidence because I wasn't doing anything dumb in training like I normally do. But, yeah, and mentally uh, yeah. relaxed, you know. <laughs> yeah. It turns out that if you're not getting ready for a marathon, you don't, like, make dumb decisions most yeah. of the time. Now, to to get back to, you had mentioned that you'd thought about law school, but then realized you didn't want to, you know, be reading books the entire rest of your life and doing research. You end up getting into marketing. You end up meeting some people. And like you said, timing is everything for you. And you seem to hit the right time and meet the right people at the right time. And you end up uh, with Nike uh, doing some marketing. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, how that happened and you know, what your role is it with Nike right now? Yeah, hundred percent. It's uh, so it, it's funny. Like, yeah, it, it literally goes back to the time and it's the whole thing and just having good mentors. But it, again, as like a summer job, I, I worked at a uh, running store and Nike running store on 20th and 5th in New York city. I, I thankfully had like the law school internships that were actually pretty flexible. And unfortunately, like a lot of internships were not paying me. So uh, I found a job that paid me. The, the story that I like to joke about is when I applied for the Nike job, I also applied for a summer job at like Shake Shack, which I know is everywhere now, but this was when it was like smaller. Uh, and I never heard back. And like my life would have looked very different if I'd heard back. Hey, Shake, Shake Shack. Shack has a track club, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they literally do running now, which yeah. like who would have thought? I don't know if I ever would have really been as into running if I was working at Shake Shack, but. Hopefully would have found my way to the, I mean, yeah, you're, you're talking an alternate career path, which would have been a lot of fun, but wow. yeah, I mean, essentially like when I, I, I realized pretty early that I didn't want to do the law school thing when I was at law school, I just like had an epiphany in class one day. I'm like, shit, like this is not the move. Um, and my parents essentially forced me to finish the semester, which in their defense was the right thing to do just in case I wanted to go back but I was working at the Nike store simultaneously. So when I left, part of my pitch to them leaving law school was that I could work at the store more as I found my bearings 
Um, and then, and then kind of like zigged and zagged for a little bit. I went over to a marketing agency that did some event marketing in New York, actually with Nike as well, and a few other clients. Uh, did that, came back to Nike, did a few other jobs in there. Uh, now I work for Nike in Chicago, uh, doing brand marketing, which is super, super fun. We do a lot of work with the Chicago Marathon and the running community out here, uh, which I absolutely love because, I mean, I, I always bring it back to, like, I, I grew up playing sports, and, like, the reason that I wanted to work for Nike was I loved Ronaldo at the time, like, yeah. the original Ronaldo, not Cristiano. He's great, don't get me wrong, but, like, he was my favorite soccer player, and I always wanted, like, Nike cleats because of that. Uh, and I just like, it, it's the connection, my, my like life and work overlap pretty massively. And I truly just enjoy that because it's, it's fun to kind of try to pay back to the running community, what it has done to like me and shape me to be who I am as well. So yeah, I'm a lot of fun out here. So are you in Chicago? I literally just got back to Chicago is the whole thing. COVID is obviously still throwing a wrench in everyone's plans. Uh, which is making things weird, but um, back in Chicago, I, I'll be here through the marathon because, I mean, again, like New York comes alive during the marathon. Chicago also comes alive during the marathon, which is awesome. So uh, being back out here on the ground is just going to be super, super fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I nerd out on shoes, as you know, and I thought it was a pretty quiet year for Nike this past year, but we're we're starting to get that hint. And I always think that Nike, if you don't, if you don't see something right now, it's because they're winding up for the pitch. And uh, I, I'm starting to see a trickle of stuff coming out for uh, prototypes for next year. I think it's going to be a huge year for Nike running 2022. Pretty excited about it. Um, do you get to run in like pre-production models and do any testing or are you straight up getting it when public's getting it? I'm I'm in line through and through, unfortunately. I'm, uh, I'm the wrong size. <laughs> Not a size nine. <laughs> I know my buddies who, who run the wear testing programs are always looking for those. So feel free to, to jump over there. But yeah, I'm, I'm like through and through in my product, which is in the marketing world. Yeah. That's just what we've been. What size foot are you? I'm like an eight most of the time, maybe an eight and a half. Uh, it depends on the shoe, right. obviously. Another one, yeah. Robbie size, or just around yeah. Robbie size. It's funny because he oh, says, yeah. says nobody wears that size, and we've talked to like four or five people <laughs> that are like around eight, eight and a half. But yeah, yeah, yeah you just you're so close. You could probably, I mean, you could run in a nine. Oh yeah, you can you can throw a like I, I did it worse in like my sneakerhead days when I was a kid. But like I used to throw two socks on and insole in there if you needed to <laughs> or whatever. I'd be like, you you can figure it out if you really want to. But yeah, with with running, it's a little uh. Like I, I need the thing that fits my foot, right? Soccer's weird background there as well. Like obviously cleats fit a little bit tighter. Yeah. So I do remember I mean anyone who's working to running short though is like putting your thumb on the person's toe and telling them that the shoe's too small. And and I was that person who was obnoxious and like would not buy a half size bigger. Yeah, I, I just wanted the size that fit the way that I thought it needed to fit. Was did did thing, you so. did you lose toenails that way? I've never lost a toenail. I've definitely had like bruised toes is probably the right way of describing it. For whatever reason, my toenails don't come off, which like, <laughs> honestly, I feel like I kind of hate it because all my buddies talk about, like it, it, it's 
one of those like silly rites of passage with running and like everyone has it happen and everyone's got their story and I don't have that story, which sucks. I, no, so. I think it's good. The only time I've ever lost one was when I was wearing the wrong size. Like I, I didn't realize yeah. my foot had spread and uh, ran a marathon the next day it was gone. Um, I have two questions for you. One, what does the day-to-day look like for a brand manager at Nike? And two, is there, so the Lost Boys is in based in New York, essentially. And so do you have a group there in Chicago? Yeah. I mean, you're actually, those two bleed together. I think a lot of the work that I'm doing is like in the running community, which is super, super fun. Um, and helping support local communities. So that that's a lot of the work that I'm doing just day-to-day basis with those relationships. Uh, and out here, I mean, there, there's a bunch of awesome groups out in Chicago that uh, like meet at various times. I, I think that's always a big one is like what actually works with your schedule. Um, I ran out, I went over to the track this morning. There's a group called Second City Track Club, um, which is like they have a sub-elite or I mean, honestly, it's an elite section they have a lot of people who have qualified for olympic trials uh they're focused on some of the longer distance stuff now so uh, occasionally we'll hop in with them but like they've got like a bunch of 215 guys and faster on wow. the team so uh, i'm not running workouts with them which is <laughs> store out here as well heartbreak hill running company um and, and they've got a great group over there as well wait there's a heartbreak uh, in chicago Heartbreak in Chicago. I know okay. it's uh, I always thought Boston. Yeah. Exactly. They've got their Boston's, but great group at the Chicago store. A bunch of people who helped me learn the running community out here as well when I got here. So um, those, those are like super, super fun. What's your favorite distance? I like the marathon. Like that, that's, uh, I think it's one because I'm, in my opinion, better at it than like the shorter stuff, which is super, super fun. Um, but I just like, I like the training. I, I really enjoy the longer runs, the longer tempos. I also just like leg speed. I'm never going to crush 400s and stuff like that. It, it's so fulfilling. Like I don't, you don't enjoy crush them. Yeah. I never want to do them cause they're not fun for me. Uh, so I like the marathon. The, the only downside of the marathon is obviously like, if you're like me and not one of these superhumans that can just bounce back so quickly, you do one and then you have to wait a few months if you want to do yeah. another. There's something about like, I, I could argue or be talked into the half being my favorite distance as well, because at least that reload, you, you can run them a little bit more often. Exactly. And like use them as training runs or long tempos or whatever you want to do at that point. But there's I love, special I love the marathon just for that reason that you're talking about where um if you have a bad marathon you're shit out of luck for you know three four months uh you know if you really want to reload and 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 hit it it can it can just be devastating when you've trained and you had a good training cycle and then you just don't have the performance that you're hoping for but let me ask you a question if what's harder running a really really hard 5k or running a marathon yeah it it, i mean for me, I think it's the 5K. <laughs> I'm with uh, you. Yeah, it's, the 5K is hard. There's something about the 5K where, like, even compared to a super hard 10K, you're just over that red line really front. Like, that, that's the thing that is most shocking for people about the 5K is you go through 400 and you feel bad. Like, you do not feel good 
at all during a 5K. Uh, and at least the marathon, like, it's uh, almost silly statement to say, but, like, the marathon you can run 18 miles feeling, like, relatively chill if you're <laughs> running, like, in your wheelhouse, which is insane to say out loud, but, like, it, it just doesn't hurt the same way um, that a 5K does. I, I do know, I yeah, like, the 5K is going through way harder. Yeah, 5Ks mind. are sneaky evil. I think that because you have such a large amount of the population doing 5Ks and that may not be pushing hard that, you know, or just doing the couch to 5K or whatever. Um, you don't realize until you try to run a 5K to the best of your ability, which is pretty much all out from the gun, um, you don't realize how, how difficult and what a, what a unique distance it really is. Because you're right, the 10K, you can even just ease off just a little bit more. And then the half, you're still running fast, but you ease off a little bit more. And then the, the marathon, it's just a, you know, you have to just endurance it out. Yeah. Like you, you, you put the training in for the, if you don't train for the marathon, it's going to hurt way more. Uh, but yeah, you, there's a difference between like racing a 5k and finishing a 5k for sure. Uh, which is insane. Okay. So knowing what I know about the lost boys and your, that group, I'm assuming you have some pretty big goals for the marathon or upcoming races. Yeah. Can we hear them? Yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be a little annoying with my answer. Cause one of the things that I love about the marathon is I do think that training will demonstrate what your fitness level is to you. Like if you had asked me a year ago, like I, I definitely wanted to try and run low two twenties. Like I, I think I was saying two twenty two in my brain for a while. Um, which would be a relatively big jump. I should say like my PR is 231 right now. Granted, it's from 2018, so it's a little aged at this point. And I ran faster over shorter stuff than I did in that buildup. Um, but with the like being a little bit banged up and stuff like that, I am actually, I'm doing a half marathon this weekend that uh, I'm hoping will kind of show me where I'm at. I don't think I'm going to, I'm not tapering for it or anything, but I'm going to just, go in and see how hard I can run, which will be fun. I, I think like to not give you a non-answer, I'm still saying 225 right now is kind of what I think is realistic. Um, if I get to those like meaty workouts that you have four, three, two weeks out of the marathon and they just like, if I go and can't do a 10 mile tempo at paces that I want to be able to do for the marathon, that's when I'd reevaluate that. But uh, 225 would be that a goal and then probably somewhere underneath that would just be breaking 230, uh, which was my goal when I ran 231. But uh, I like to think that I've got a little bit more in me. We'll see what happens. And maybe I'll get myself on a, a flatter course at some point in the future. But yeah, the, the point of pride of trying to do it in New York is definitely one that I enjoy. <laughs> yeah. The, how much do you rely on data from, you know, external sources like watches and, and just, you know, that kind of stuff, or do you just go with your gut and, how you feel. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, I, I used to be way more reliant on the data. I would say like, I, I really love, maybe not like the heart rate stuff or anything. I, I definitely enjoy looking at it, but I'm not necessarily using it to gauge paces, but I would like really be trying to hit exact splits as whatever that meant effort wise. Um, I, I have tried to shift a little bit more recently. Like, I mean, a really good example is I, I did a, 13 mile long run with the back half at what was supposed to be tempo pace. 
uh, over the weekend. And like for me at this point, tempo pace is probably something around like 540 ideally. And I, I ran the first two miles and I thought that like the effort was right. And I ran six flat and six flat back to back. It just felt like absolute garbage. And I, I've shifted into the space a little bit of if the effort is right on the day, I try and kind of let the effort be there. I still get frustrated. I think anyone does of like, damn, like I'm running hard right now and I'm running 20 seconds slower than I want to run it for a mile, which sucks. But it, like, I, I think that hopefully is going to pay dividends and like health where I'm just not overreaching on certain days. Uh, I don't understand the people that are curious to the furthest extent where they don't have splits at all. And they might just like let their stopwatch run the entire time they're running. <laughs> yeah. um, like I, I'm just not in tune with my body enough to go yeah. off and feel that same way. But uh, I try and not get too deep into it because I just like, for me with like my background and being a little obsessed with the splits and stuff like that I've tried to skew away from it as best as I can yeah I'm trying to get zen about it as well like in the effort stuff and it's interesting when I hit paces above like if I run by effort and I'm faster than I thought I was going to be okay. oh then yeah that's me that's me if if I run slower than I thought I was running, I was like, oh, I'm having a horrible day. I should probably go see a doctor. But, um, you know, so I think that the range, and I think that that's where I set myself up personally for disappointment at races and stuff like that is I see the best of my running, and then I expect that to show up on race day, where sometimes it's somewhere in between or below, and it could be a whole bunch of different factors. So it, it is, I'm trying to get better at putting a range in rather than an exact pace but so it's good to hear even a 221 hopeful uh is is it 221 or was it 331 a 231 uh, 221 would be I, i'm hopeful that that is still in the car okay right now I, I think we'll try and get under 225 safely which is also silly to say out loud because i i'm experienced enough at this point to know that that is not something i should just do like that's not going to just happen i mean i i think that even in new york with a stacked field that's a an an impressive uh impressive feat yeah they've got a deep field this year we'll we'll see it'll be fun chasing some of those people around and like you never know you you could get someone on an off day uh, and take a scalp down i think it was a few (laughs) years ago where the local guy finished with mad in his hand raised in the air yeah yeah uh, and that was awesome. And it's funny because like what gets overshadowed is that guy was like a very good runner yeah. in well, his own. Everyone thought it was someone random. And Meb, <laughs> Meb actually made a point to say how much he enjoyed, you know, he knew it wasn't his day, but he enjoyed running with that guy and helping that guy push a little bit. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's an awesome sport. Yeah. It's one of the beautiful things of it for sure. Yeah. All right. We have a few um, end of podcast questions that we like to ask. So first one is headphones or no headphones when you're running? Oh man, I, I am on the If I'm running with a group, it's obviously no headphones. I should say that. Like I got told that pretty early and it just stuck with me. Whenever I'm on my own, I run with headphones. I, I've got like a playlist that I roll through and it's mostly just background noise. I don't necessarily run in the quietest areas in the world. So cutting out like car horns and stuff like that is never a bad thing. But yeah, headphones, 100%. And music, no podcasts? I do podcasts sometimes when I remember to download them. That's usually <laughs> the current there for me. <laughs> I run slower when I'm listening to audiobooks or yeah. or podcasts. So if yeah. you want to do your long slow runs, then that's the best. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah. you got to have beat. 
I, I agree with that for sure as well. Okay, what is your go-to post-race celebratory meal or beverage or both? Or, yeah, you can have both. Yeah, it, it's usually like burger and beer. It's pretty easy. Like, I think most people's stomachs are a little just like fried post-race. So I actually kind of like the little bit of downtime and then like you're ending up at a bar where you can just get like, it doesn't need to be a good burger. That's why the burger is the move. It's like, it, you do that, it doesn't matter where you are. It's going to be yeah. solid. Fat and salt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you get a beer in you and you feel good. It's the whole thing. Vaporfly or Alphafly? Oh, good question. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I like the Vaporfly. That, that's just like my move right now. People go back and forth. Like I go back and forth. The Alphafly for me is a little bouncier. Uh, Vaporfly is like, just, just seems to work with my stride better. I also think it's like a superstition thing though. Like uh, I've ran better races in the Vaporfly technically, even though I haven't really raced that much in the Alphafly. Um, so it makes me just like that shoe more. But uh, I literally flip flop every few weeks. Isn't it weird how, I don't know when you got into your first pair of Vaporflies, but how they seem like such giant shoes when you first put them on. Now they seem like the base standard and alpha flies feel like a huge shoe as far as standard. Yeah. I feel like nimble in the Vaporfly for sure. Like I, I feel like I could go and run an all out mile in it. Uh, I, I think I have a bouncy stride in the first place, so I don't need any more like bouncing around and it just feels better, which is kind of the golden rule with running shoes. In my that's mind. interesting. Like, so that's what yeah. you'll, that's what you'll wear for New York city marathon. Yeah. That, that's the plan right now though. Don't quote me on that. Cause okay. I might have those flip flops <laughs> in a few weeks and be like, Oh, I should be doing that instead. I think I'll go paperfly. I haven't a uh, like 231, I ran in a pair of Vaporfly Elites at the time, um, which like I camped out from the store to get, which was super, super fun. But uh, like I, I like that nimble feeling even across the marathon, which is interesting. Yeah. What co- what color are we going to be rocking? Uh, that that's a good question. I've got a pair of the uh, like a Kayaku pair is what it is right now. Oh really? Super, super fun. I really like them. Are they a little heavier? Uh, I heard they were a little heavier than the. Got a little bit more overlay to it. I haven't actually weighed them, but I wouldn't be surprised. But they just like it, it fits my foot really, really well. So I've been enjoying that. The red right ones. Now. I've been out at Hood the coast for a little bit as well. So yeah. Are they the red ones? Red ones. Yeah. Yeah. Love them. Cool. Little, awesome. Funky cool. style. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> little That's little flair. Part of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Awesome. Okay. And then the last question is if you weren't working at Nike, what would you be doing? Oh man. Ooh. Shake that's Shack. Like, <laughs> Executive. Yeah. I mean, uh, like honestly, it could be Shake Shack. That's not necessarily uh incorrect answer. Uh, like I wanted to be doing sport related stuff. My like when I, even when I was in law school. So I do think it would be connected to sport somehow big soccer fans so like working for a team over in Europe would be kind of sweet as well I'm an Arsenal fan which is unfortunate right now but uh, that's okay uh, but yeah like hey you never know Shake Shack Run Club if, if it is big enough maybe <laughs> <laughs> exactly there we go <laughs> you could get an ass going at some point but it'd hey, be I mean, tough Shake Shack, I guess great, it'd be great too yeah, yeah you can figure that one out yeah <laughs> 
All right. Well, that this is awesome. We really appreciate your time. I was always curious because I've I think I've been following Lost Boys for a long time, especially from the Faster Bastards account, and uh, just you know didn't know kind of the background behind it. I love the L because like anytime I see, I can be going through my feed, and when I see someone throwing up the L, I know that it's for Lost Boys. And you're like, okay, that guy's connected somehow, or maybe just the ethos of it. But um, yeah, it's awesome that you're able to start that and continue growing the running community. And you were actually somebody that one of our Instagram people messaged us. They're like, hey, I'd love to hear Tim Rossi on your uh, podcast. So that's why we reached out was to get you on and hear your story. There we go. Hopefully I didn't disappoint whoever that was. But <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Honestly, super, super awesome. Fun talking around it. So uh, always here. Shoot the Lost Boys a DM. One, one of us will get back to you. All right, final check-in. This was a great episode. I know you enjoyed it. It got you through this run. So don't forget, if you stayed all the way through, hit us up, let us know you did, and congrats on another great run. So that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Tim of the Lost Boys. And uh, we want to say thank you for everybody for listening. I'll pull up our The Last Drop Club people. Why, Megan, you thank some people. Like Nick Sanchez. Uh, thank you, Nick, as always, for editing our podcast. Thank you to the listeners, especially all of you who listened till the end. Yeah, speaking of that, this week we have who's, you know, sent, sent a message over Instagram or wherever they're going to send a message. We had Radio Read 6, Donald Beck, Annette Sweet, and Chauncey Cruz. Thanks for listening all the way through. If you're running right now and you just heard your name, get excited, smile a little bit because it's fun, isn't it? There's somebody else. I think they've messaged me two weeks in a row and I keep, I lose them every time. They're messaging the wrong people. Yeah. Uh, if, if you don't message me, message Thomas at the Believe in the Run Instagram if you want to be oh, called out. Either that or my personal. Or his personal one. That's, you guys can be best friends. Ask him tons of shoot questions. He loves that. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Look forward to your Robbie for this. Uh, all right. Anyways. All right. Hey, stay tuned for the hidden track. Yeah, always. Always.